I think sometimes when we're younger, like we go through, we're in school, we hear about the typical jobs that we all know of. Like we see our amazing teachers in school. We see like a lot of nurses. We see, you know, kind of some of these roles that we commonly know that women have, like, and often they're these really amazing helping careers, right? We're helping people, we're caring for people, but there are so many jobs that women are doing right now that usually aren't like highlighted anywhere or they're not talked about anywhere. And I think a lot of it is sometimes we don't know that these women exist, that we don't know that these women are doing these jobs, but also sometimes we may know these women ourselves. Like I have some really intelligent, smart friends who have awesome jobs, but I don't ever actually have the time to sit there and ask them, what do you really do when you go to work every day, five days a week, year after year? Like, what does that actually look like? What does that entail? I am very thrilled, super thrilled to be talking to Julie Berman. And Julie is a host of the Women with Cool Jobs podcast, where she shares stories of women who have unique, trailblazing, and innovative careers. She's interviewed a diverse array of guests, including a New York City plumber, a smoke jumper, a skin influencer, a robotics engineer, toy maker, heavy equipment operator, a 3D printing scientist, a paleontologist, a voiceover actor, and more. You know, when I was reading these, I was thinking, how cool. And uh, Julie's background is in instructional design and editing, adult education, and now podcasting. She lives in a suburb near Phoenix, Arizona with her awesome husband and two little boys. And today, what we will be focusing our conversation, and Julie will be sharing three S's that all successful women with cool jobs have in common. So first of all, welcome, Julie. I'm super, super excited for you to be here talking to us. Thank you so much, Viva. It's a pleasure to be here. Yay. So, um, you know, I definitely will ask you to tell us a bit more about you, but I was just reading, right? And like the New York City plumber, smoke jumper, skin influencer, like what a wide array of, you know, jobs and things that you might not even have ever thought about that exist. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly it. You know, why I love doing this podcast and why I am so passionate about this is that I think sometimes when we're younger, like we go through, we're in school, we hear about the typical jobs that we all know of. Like we see our amazing teachers in school. We see like a lot of nurses. We see, you know, kind of some of these roles that we commonly know that women have, like, and often they're these really amazing helping careers, right? We're helping people, we're caring for people, but there are so many jobs that women are doing right now that usually aren't like highlighted anywhere or they're not talked about anywhere. And I think a lot of it is sometimes we don't know that these women exist, that we don't know that these women are doing these jobs, but also sometimes we may know these women ourselves. Like I have some really intelligent, smart friends who have awesome jobs, but I don't ever actually have the time to sit there and ask them, what do you really do when you go to work every day, five days a week, year after year, like, what does that actually look like? What does that entail? And so whether it's someone in your family, whether it's someone, you know, you're friends with, whether it's your neighbor down the street, a lot of times 
we just aren't aware. Like we don't know to know, we don't have the time to ask questions. And so that's why I love doing this podcast, because I think that the more that we do know and the bigger awareness that we have that these jobs exist and that these women doing these cool jobs are out there, they're doing them right now. Like the more that we can have that expansive mindset of like, Ooh, I can do this too. Or like my daughter can do this or my neighbor can do this, you know? And so I, I, it's, something that I'm so passionate about. And I, I hope to continue doing it for a long time to come in some way or another. Right. No, I'm so with you because I feel like you are not going to reach for the job unless you know that it exists. And, you know, I recruited for over 10 years and uh, I have come across like, oh, wow, this sounds so cool. I didn't know that existed as a profession. And I think it's so inspiring that it's kind of like we have what you're doing, you're shining the light and opening up the opportunities for women to hear what could be possible and what other women are living. So thank you. That's amazing service. I think that you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. How did you get here? Can you tell us a little bit about your journey here? Yeah. You know, it's such a funny, (laughs) such a funny thing because I can't pinpoint like a moment in time, but you know, I had this thought a few years ago and now it's probably been four to five years ago in between my, my second kid who's six Mm -hmm. or my first kid, I should say my oldest kid who's six and my second kid who's three in between, I just remember having this thought and it would come back to me every once in a while. Like, I wonder what women are doing, you know, like what are the cool jobs that exist? Like, what are things that are unique that I may not know about? And I just always had this thought kind of come back every so often. And, you know, when you have young kids, like you don't don't have time to pursue extracurricular activities, like you're, you know, you're in it, in the depths of it. And, um, so I, I kept having it come back and I just usually, you know, like sometimes we, we are like, okay, whatever, another day, another day. And so I got to the point where when my second son was a little bit older, he was about one and a half right before the pandemic started in February, I had gone to this event and it was about, you know, becoming a better speaker and just it was, I don't know, so inspiring to me. And I had decided like, I'm going to finally do something with this idea. Like it was time I had organized childcare for my youngest, you know, one day a week. And I was so excited because I had just told the woman, yes, let's do this on a regular basis. Um, like two weeks before the, you know, before everything went crazy and yeah, shut down. But, and I had my oldest in preschool and it was like, finally my moment to take some time to focus. And then I, I didn't know what a podcast was. I had never listened to a podcast. I didn't know the difference between a blog or a vlog or YouTube or any of that. Like I, I just really don't do tech unless I have to. Um, and so, so, you know, but I was, I was at that point, like really enamored with the idea so much that, and I felt so passionate about it. And it was finally, like, I felt like it was my moment to do something. And so before that, you know, going back like a while, I had always just been really fascinated by what people do. So when I was in undergrad, for instance, I, you know, like so many other young people, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And if you ask me now, I probably still don't know what I want to be, you know, but I, I was undeclared. And so at some point you have to decide something. So 
I started doing um, a few informational interviews, which if, if no one has done that, I have an episode that I talk about like what that is. And it's the most amazing free tool to figure out if you might love a job. So I did a few. Okay. There's an oh. episode of your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's an jobs. episode. Yeah. And so I explain it and it's a really good process. It, it just a, like basic overview An informational interview is essentially where you're going to a person who may have a job that you think is like super cool and really interesting. You can go to them and you're just asking for like 15 minutes of their time. And you're saying, okay, well, what are the things that you love about this job? What are the challenges of this job? Like if you want to have a family, if you know that you probably want to have a family, what is it like to have a family with this job? Do a lot of women have families in this job? Um, yeah. You know, an example of like, probably a job that's harder. I've heard for women is surgeons, you know, like it's, it's hard yeah. to achieve being a surgeon and be a woman. And that's, you know, that's kind of how it's been. Hopefully it will change, but you know, in some jobs are, are maybe easier to be a woman yeah, yeah, um, totally. and balance. And so it's that opportunity. And the, the great thing is it's free. You're, you're basically complimenting someone by asking them in a way, as long as you do it really nicely, because you're like, I love your job. It sounds awesome. And so right. people want to help you and, and it's not a huge, share their stories. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a huge time commitment. People want to share what they're doing. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, we all want to share who we are and why we love doing yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. And, and so I, I had done that actually in college. I thought maybe I wanted to do interior design and I had, you know, I had interviewed a few people over the summer who were interior designers professionally in different contexts. You know, I think one woman was in more of commercial. Another woman was in residential. Mm -hmm. And then I, I was signed up to do these courses in undergrad and I got to like the second day and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is not for me. You know, I just like the skill sets that were required and the reality of, of doing that degree and then being in that field through speaking with everyone. And then in combination with starting a few days, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I still tear out, you know, pages of magazines and pictures that I love and I still love it, but it's not, it wasn't meant to be my profession. In oh that my God, way. that is so powerful because yeah. I've talked to people and I've heard stories of people going through for advanced degrees, right? Yeah. And then trying it out and realizing yeah. this is not energizing me. Right. This is not what my heart and soul wants. You know, this is not the right fit. And you're sharing, this is such a powerful tool. So go ask somebody, Yeah, connect with people, maybe several people who are doing it and ask, what does it look like? Right. What hours are you working? What training did you get? You know, how did you start it? Yes. How did you start and what are you even making? Right. So you can mm -hmm. kind of start getting a realistic idea. I love that. That is Yeah, thank story. you. Yeah, and you know the beauty of it is exactly it goes to what you said because there is nothing worse than spending a boatload of money on, you know, resources or tools or spending like a lot of time I, and tears I, yeah on on education of some sort whether it's training or a degree and then you get in that and you're like Oh, dude, like this is not what I thought it was going to be. And, and the, the really cool thing about the information interview process and, and I wish like more people knew about it and would take advantage of it is because you can kind of, you, I mean, you can't go through the whole thing, but you get a really good sense by talking to a handful of people 
Like, does this sound like something I could do that I would love to do? Can I deal with the good and the bad? You know, like, does this align with what I want for my future and my vision for myself in, in 10 years or 20 years or what have you? Oh my God, you're preaching to the choir. I'm like, hey, my soul is singing because I did that in my 20s, you know? Oh, okay. That's a powerful tool. I was thinking, you know, I was questioning, I had this back and forth, and then I had the idea of life coaching. Uh, you know and then like you said I talked to like two or three life coaches and asked you know all these kind of like what does your day look like what are you making you know kind of what can you share from the day-to-day practical so I love that this is so good so thank you I'm glad (laughs) I love that you're you're giving you know you're giving such a great kind of leading down your path of kind of how you ended up here and I love what you're sharing about you had that uh, question and yeah. kind of that inquisitive kind of nature to explore and you followed it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like looking back now, you of course don't connect the dots at the time when you're right. younger, but, but looking back now, um, you know, at that experience. And then even when I, my, my undergrad degree is in journalism and yeah. PR. So I always kind of was curious about things, you know, I would say. And so, um, as I went through, like I would always go to networking events and I, I'm the type of person who actually at the beginning, I, you know, when I was younger, I was very shy. And as I've gotten older, I've kind of really forced myself to (laughs) get better at things. Cause uh, I think in, in our society too, in America, like it is a little bit easier to be, um, I guess, an extrovert or extroverted in, in some senses, even if you're an introvert in some ways. And so how to connect with people, right? Yeah. And it's such an important skill. And so I always, when I was in undergrad and then especially afterwards, I would go to different events and sometimes I would just get so overwhelmed by talking to people. When you you're in this new room of people, you don't know anyone, you don't know anything about the, the situation, especially if it's your first time. And so intimidating, it's so intimidating. And it's like a young twenties, you know, it's like, especially like, who am I to be here? What am I doing? I don't know what I do, you know, all these things. And so I would go in and I would just start asking people about what they did. Cause I always thought it was really fascinating, you know? So if nothing else, if I didn't know what to say, I would just ask people like continuous questions about, oh, well, what do you do? And what does that mean? And like, what, you know, like, who do you work with? And so I, over time, I think I just naturally kind of did that anyways. I I like to hear about what exists in the world. Like what are the possibilities and, um, you know, learn the details about like just the things that you don't even know to know about. And so because I, I kind of was always doing that. I think luckily I, I, after I worked a little bit in PR, um, wasn't quite my jam. Uh, and <laughs> I moved on to higher ed. I did instructional design. I worked in the instructional design department for a uh, university and I did editing first, and then I helped create their course curriculum. And I did that in a few different settings. And I like loved that. And, um, I love editing. Like I'm one of those people I edit. My husband says I edit, you know, in my sleep, basically. I just, it just is one of the things that really excites me. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's like a dorky thing, but I just love it. And I, you know, I like communications and I like, 
uh, I like the world of adult education and, and learning. And I got my master's degree in that in adult ed and training. And so I just find it really fascinating to think about, you know, how do adults learn and how does that differ than how kids learn? And so I, I taught, I've taught, um, in different scenarios a little bit for adults. And so that's been really fun. And, you know, throughout all that, like, I think that the biggest thing that, that I love as part of what I do now with women with cold jobs. And I think really that helped get me here is the idea of, we can always learn new things. Like as adults, we don't always give ourselves credit for being able to learn something new, or we're like really harsh on ourselves when we start something, you know, where we don't, I don't, I think we forget so easily that like we had to literally learn everything, you know, like we had to learn how to swallow when we were tiny. We had to learn how to then chew and cut with scissors and drive. And, you know, how do you, how do you be successful in a work environment with other people you don't always agree with? It's so it's these kinds of things. And so when I listen to these stories of women, it's so amazing how like women have learned all these really cool things. And so many of them did not set out with the intention of doing this particular cool job. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they, they ended up hearing about it and they're like, Ooh, I'm curious. Or they had an experience and they, they kind of followed their gut instinct, but it's, it's in all the cases, you know, like the women took things and, you know, they, they followed this path, which I definitely want to get to is, is my three S's of like, yes, what all the women have done, um, you know, who've been successful in my podcast is they follow these three S's, but also more importantly too, is like, overall they've allowed themselves to learn and grow. And like that, I feel like is such a huge aspect that I have learn, you know, through my experience and through, you know, my, my education and things is like, we, at every age, we can learn and we can grow and we can do new things. And we just have to give ourselves grace and space to basically be able to do that. Oh my gosh. I love that because first of all, it's, you know, kind of your serving and with the stories you're helping to inspire, right? It's inspiring to know and see somebody being an example, right? And actually living that, right? Living a different path. Like you said, that might not be a teacher, a fireman, a policeman, (laughs) you know, these super standard paths, you know, that we learn in school uh, that are available to us. And then I just like, it's a relief, you know, kind of when you say learning, right? Yeah. Sometimes I think we lose patience with ourselves and then we set this like standard, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like that's not even like, it's kind of like I was um, talking to Greg Steed who has a positive morning voice podcast and he literally said we we're being a bullies to ourselves. Mm, so true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And like we say things to ourselves internally that we would never, ever say to someone else, right. you know, especially someone we love and care about, you know, like we're mean to ourselves. And, Absolutely. and I think that's such a key, you know, it to being able to do anything new, whether it's to find a cool job, whether it's to just do a new hobby or find something that gives us joy is, is taking that, Precious. that step back. Yeah. And say like, okay, this is my first try 
-hmm. probably not going to be perfect, but like good on me for trying. Yeah. Oh, that, you know, it just came to me. It brings back, I think it was Winston Churchill who said that perfection will freeze you. Or I'm not sure, I'm misattributing it, but there's a, you know, essentially the saying that perfection will freeze you essentially. And then if you're giving yourself, like when you talk about kids, right? Babies learning these things or as going through life, right? And all these things we take for granted. It's just like, literally look at it as you're learning to walk, right? Yeah. If you had like, oh my God, with the first step, if you don't stand up right and and it's not worth trying anymore afterwards, right? It's like- Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like to know baby- Yeah. To no baby ever does like the parent say like, oh, you failed the first time. That's it. You're never going to walk. Right. Like, (laughs) so yeah, it's, it's so, you know, it's just so important. One of those things. And, and, you know, like, I think if you're ready, like I would love to transition. I think this would be such a good point to transition, you know, to the three S's. And so, um, this is something that I've, I've interviewed probably, you know, anywhere between 25 to 35 women, I should probably count, but you know, somewhere in there (laughs) and um, quite a few women with, yeah. (laughs) So with all the women who've had these really cool jobs and they all, I mean, they've been so diverse, like a diversity of not only like ethnicities, backgrounds, where they're from in the world um, and you know, how, how they were raised, but just like a diversity in what they actually do as, as their career, there are three things that are in common for all of them. And I think that they are so key to myself included, you know, all women being able to really either find a cool job or find something that inspires us that we love doing. Cause I know not everyone's looking for a job and maybe, you know, you love what you're doing, but, but I think a lot of times we are always looking for something that's going to inspire us or that like, we want to do that, you know, that we feel like we're of service somehow, or that yeah. we're supporting someone or we're helping someone. And so I think it helps get over, you know, those, those scary things for when you are trying to learn something new. So the first S of my three S's is to start, I love <laughs> and, that. you know, it's like one of those things that sounds so obvious, but it is literally such an important step. And I can speak for myself. Like I am an, uh, overcoming, like basically being a perfectionist and yep. overanalyzer over researcher, you know, and I, took so much time, like over my life where I would just get stuck in analysis paralysis. Like I would be doing all the analyzations, the what ifs, and I wouldn't just start something, you know? I mean, so that is the beginning. The women who are in these school jobs, they just start. They do not have everything mapped out perfectly. They do not know all the answers. They literally just start. And a really amazing example of this is from the smoke jumper, Madison Whittemore. Wow. She's like such a badass. She's like an amazing, amazing woman. And I'm so impressed with her. She basically heard about smoke, like the title smoke jumper because her, her dad was in that industry. He had basically, you know, been in, in the fire, you know, firefighting industry. So what is a smoke jumper? If you can. Okay. 
Yeah. Yes, of course. I'm glad you asked. Um, I didn't know what it was either. So I should know to explain that, but a smoke jumper, um, if you do not know is basically the top tier of a firefighter and what they do is they're basically jumping out of a plane in a hundred pounds of gear and they have a parachute. So they're coming down to the ground and they're literally walking towards the fire to go fight the fire. And so they are the top tier of firefighters because not only do they need all that traditional firefighting experience, it is insanely competitive because you have to be in not only incredible physical shape. Like if you can imagine you're jumping out of a plane in a hundred pounds of gear, and then you're trekking through nature, you know, to, to this fire. She's a so, hero. <laughs> It's yeah, no, they, they're really literally heroes. Like she is the epitome of a hero and her colleagues are the epitome of heroes. And so they're in amazing physical condition. They're in amazing, like mental health condition because you would have to be right. Like if you're literally know you're jumping out of a plane to walk towards a fire, you've, you've got to like have your stuff worked out so you can be as healthy as possible. And also it's a really competitive process to become a firefighter. They have a rookie season where they try out for the position and, um, you've, you've got to get through the rookie season and, you know, not everyone does. And so these firefighters are elite, like they are the best of the best in the country for a reason. And so, uh, she had, when she was younger, so she had, her dad was reading this book and her dad was, was in the firefighting industries. He was not a smoke jumper, but he, she had kind of grown up with that, but she was a dancer. She had never thought of, you know, going into this, uh, field. Wow. And yeah, it's, it's an amazing story. And so she ended up at one point when she was younger, I think she was like 18, 19, her dad was reading this book about, it was a fiction book about a smoke jumper. And she's like, oh, she had never heard the term. And she's like, what, what is a smoke jumper? What does that mean? And so her dad had explained it to her. And at that moment, she was like, oh my gosh, like that is the pinnacle of firefighting. Like, I wonder if I could do that. Can I do that? You know? And so she literally, since that moment had basically had it in her mind. Like I need to try and see if I can just do this. Like, can I even get myself to that point where I would qualify to be a smoke jumper? And so she just started, you know what I mean? Like she, she started, she started by, um, you know, going local and taking, um, a course on the basics. She started, she asked, you know, luckily she had her dad as a resource. She could ask questions. She started also meeting people who, who had these different positions who she could see as role models. And, you know, she didn't overanalyze. She had this like passion and she just went for it. So I think like, that's a huge thing is so many times we have like this inclination or we have this passion behind something Mm -hmm. and then we don't always go for it because we think about, you know, like, oh my gosh, do I need to research this or do I need to do this or all the what ifs, or I've never done that before. And, or I have to be perfect and I have to take hours and years. of Yes, (laughs) exactly. And it's, such a bummer because there's so many things that we don't start that we don't know where we could end up unless we start. 
just taking the step versus you kind of feel overwhelmed by the bigness of the end goal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's so good to have the end in mind, right? Like that's what maybe is the inspiration for, for starting, but it's like, you don't have to know all those tiny details in between. You can figure, you can figure that out. Right. And, and that's the next S is doing things step-by-step. So, so many of us, you know, like you were saying, we figure out like, how can I make this perfect from the beginning right. or, <laughs> or how, how can I, I all the steps? Yeah. It's, and it's, you know, I think it's totally human nature. And especially for those people who are planners, like I'm such a planner that I would love to have everything mapped out perfectly. Mm-hmm. But the reality of the situation is like, usually, even if we're a good planner, things just change. Yeah. You know, it, it's like life comes up or we learn something new and, and we want to shift and make an accommodation, or maybe we find out, Oh, actually, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Like, maybe I need to go in a different direction. And so I think if, if we're able to come from a place of saying, I'm going to take this step-by-step step, and I'm just, I'm going to start, and then I'm going to go to the next step. And that's what I'm going to worry about. And then when I figure, you know, when I get to that step, I figured that one out, I'll figure out the next step and so on. And so, um, another woman who I spoke with, her name is Marjorie Spitalnik. She is from Uruguay. She has this amazing business called little rebels where she makes dolls. They're interactive plush dolls for for young women and and little girls. And they're like all these amazing women. So it's like Malala, um, Madame Curie, Amelia Earhart. And, um, there's one more woman I'm forgetting. Who's a scientist. And the, the thing about her, when she started this business is she literally goes step-by-step. Like she has done all these incredible things as a toy maker, from Latin America, a lot of the big companies, a lot of the action is actually in the United States. And so for her, not only is she coming, she's a single mother. She's coming from like another country with a non-native language of English, trying to do a lot of the stuff in that industry in another country. She has just taken things step-by-step. Like she didn't go to school for it. She just decided that she wanted to create this toy. She started with her daughter being inspired by her daughter. And then this is her second company. And so everything that she does, she literally just figures out like, what is that next step? Do I need to figure out, you know, who am I going to hire to do the app for the tech? How am I going to get the toys from China to America? And, and, you know, it's incredible. Like what she has done and I, and I am so inspired by her because the amazing thing about her is like, if you add up all the things that she's accomplished over yeah. the last few years, people told her at the beginning, you know, and some pretty big people in the toy industry, like, oh, who's going to buy this? Who's going to want this? No mm-hmm. one's going to be interested. And yet people are, she won this huge award in the toy industry against baby Yoda. I mean, she is. <laughs> Yeah. Like it's, it's really, it's incredible. And she did everything because she just goes from one step to the next step to the next step. 
Oh my God, you guys listen to women with cool jobs. I want to like pull it up and start (laughs) listening right away. Okay, keep going. It's yeah, (laughs) you know what? That's what makes doing the podcast so much fun is because like I get to talk to all these amazing women. It's it's just truly amazing what women are able to accomplish and what they are accomplishing now. And that they make a living with it, right? And yeah. by sharing these stories and shining the light, you're really kind of showing what's possible. You're opening yeah, it, the door. It's it's so important too. I think you know sometimes with ourselves, we can be very close-minded about what's possible for ourselves. Yeah. You know what's possible in our lives, and I think when we do see others doing things, it's like oh. Yeah, maybe that is possible for me. Yeah. And I think we need we need that. Like people are thirsty to have something meaningful, like what you were talking about is something that speaks to their heart and soul, fulfills them at a deeper level than kind of just going through the motions, right? Mm -hmm. And like that voice, like what you were talking about. And it sounds like also these women had at certain points of time. And they followed it, right? Yeah. They listened to it, taking step and the next step. Because like when you think about like the end goal, like it's great to have the vision. But if you think about like, okay, all the supplies, how to manufacture it in China, how to get it back, how to do the selections, you know, yes. quality, how to sell, you can get overwhelmed if you think that you have to work it out before you even start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so true. And literally the more that Marjorie would tell me about the processes that she's figured out, it is mind blowing. Like it is literally mind blowing. Like for me hearing it, I'm like, Oh, that sounds so difficult. Or that sounds impossible. Or how did you even know to know about that? How did you even know to think about that? How, how did you deal in the middle of a pandemic? you know, with, with manufacturing overseas and, and all these things. And she just figured it out because she's so passionate about it. She Mm. feels so strongly about it. And she's serving this really important purpose of like providing these young girls and young women with role models of not only what women have accomplished in the past, but what women are doing now, you know, and, and it's, it's so cool. So Yes. Step by step is so key as to not overwhelm ourselves. <laughs> I easy. love that. And yeah. what is the third S? And so our third S is one of the most important is support. And mm. so many of the women who have been on the podcast have found support and it doesn't always come from family or friends. I think this is a really key thing because, you know, sometimes even if you are so, so close to your family and you have an amazing support system with them or friends, sometimes they just don't get what you're doing. You know, like totally. when I, yeah, if when I started telling you, no, this is going to not, this is, that, that's good for a side gig, right? But you right. got something practical. Right. Yeah. It's like, that is such a key word, practical, right? Like, you know, and, it's money. and I think, yeah. And those things are good to keep in mind, right? Like we, we have to be practical in some ways because we have to have our needs met. We have to live, but we also, you know, want to live in a way that's true to us. And that feels aligned to us. And that lights us up. And 
I, I think that like, that's such a good point. And, and it's like, when I started my podcast, like my parents didn't know what a podcast was, you know, I think probably my brother did. Cause he's more techie than I am. <laughs> so I'm sure he'd listen to one, but like, I didn't even know where the app was on my phone. And I, I was like going and saying, I'm, I want to do this podcast, but I, I think that, you know, my parents and family were super supportive. My friends were supportive, but they actually had no idea what I was doing. And mm. it was really hard. I didn't know anyone who had a podcast. And so it was really hard at the beginning, like being alone, because I just didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know if I was doing right things or wrong things. I didn't know if I was asking the right questions or not asking the right questions. And so having those support people around you who, maybe even if they're not a mentor, like a mentor, I think of as someone who is aligned with your career path right. and who you can ask specific things in relation to your career. Right. And they so, could have been there and done. Yeah. yeah. And so if you can find a mentor, that is like the most incredible situation. But even then, if you can find someone, you know, if you can't find a mentor, because it's like, maybe this cool job, you don't know anyone directly <laughs> who's had it. You've just heard about it on my podcast or right. from a friend, you know, or a neighbor, you can still find people who are support systems. And that can look different in different scenarios. You can find supportive people online. Like now that we have social media, yeah. it's incredible what you can find with hashtags, you know, just searching for that industry or for those keywords in that industry, looking for associations in your area, looking for publications, you know, if there's like magazines, whether, you know, you love to knit or you're interested and becoming a cheesemonger, whatever it is, you know, there's, there's oftentimes these little, um, niches where we can yeah. look or a Facebook group where YouTube. we can try. Yeah. YouTube yeah. where we can, where we can look. And of course, if you can find someone who you can reach out to in real life, like that is, that is ideal. And I, I think that that's the best case scenario, but mm -hmm. even to have, you know, sort of like those mentors that you look up to that you don't know, but, but they're people you can look to and see like, oh my gosh, they're setting this amazing example. And excuse me, if you can reach out to them, you know, maybe like DM them or find them in a Facebook group or find them in association. A lot of times you probably find that people are so flattered that you want to talk to them about what they do that you could probably, you know, maybe adopt them into your little support system. Yeah. And you kind of, we circle back to your first point, start, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Looking for them. Yeah. Researching, finding out more. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. And one example of this is uh, a woman named Miria Perez. So she is a fossil preparator. So she's the paleontologist who I interviewed right. and she started at like a young age of like three being obsessed with dinosaurs. And so yeah. she like, she just loved dinosaurs. Like you can see she has a YouTube channel. She's all over social media on Instagram. She's awesome. And so she's got this uh, picture of her where she has like a birthday cake with a dinosaur. She had a birthday party at three. And so she always loved them. And so she got to the point where she was a young woman, like a, or a, a young girl, like I think 11 or 12. And she actually started volunteering at her local museum 
And she was able to find mentors who believed in her because they literally saw how passionate she was about what she was doing. And, you know, she was asking all these great questions and she was like, just so in it, you know, there's just such an authenticness to her excitement. And she literally has worked with some of the most incredible role models and people who set industry standards for that field of paleontology, because she's just always gone on, you know, from one thing to the next and found really supportive people and those mentors. Mm -hmm. And part of it, I really believe is because she had that authentic excitement, Mm -hmm. but I think also it was because she probably just asked questions, you know, maybe not officially to say, can you be my mentor? But like, ask questions openly about how can I get better at this? Or what can I do if I want to go into this area? Like what kind of education do I need? What kind of skills can I learn right now while I'm volunteering or who else can I talk to? And when I spoke with her and did the interview, which was only a few months ago, she was working at a natural history museum in, uh, in Texas, but she literally in the last few months, she actually is now working at the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History. So it's that is amazing. She's incredible. And she's like so, so young still. So she is going to be a rock star in her field because she's had all these amazing mentors and she's still finding more people, you know, whether it's her peers or whether it's people who have a lot of experience who she can learn from. I love that. Oh my God. How inspiring and how like, that is just so cool not to be lame about it, but I would say that you are the woman with a cool job as well. Oh, thank you. You So how can people find you, Julie? Okay. So you can find me in a few different ways. You can go to my website at www.womenwithcooljobs.com. You can also find me on Instagram the most. I'm at women cool jobs there. And, you know, you can DM me. I love DMs or you can email me through my website. And I, I just love to hear from people. Perfect. And definitely go listen. I'm going to listen to more episodes of women with cool jobs podcast. And I want to thank you for the service that you're doing, because it's like for us to be to create right careers where we can start looking forward to Mondays and dare I say even falling in love with Mondays. Um, I think we need to see what's possible, right? And we can only, we will only follow it if we see it or many times we'll follow it. We see it modeled, you know, and what a powerful then ripple effect is that if you think it's possible and you start taking the steps, right start and then take the steps towards kind of your north star your children you will serve as the most powerful example for your children right exactly they don't really follow what you say they follow who you are who they see you exactly so thank you so much julie i love talking to you oh thank you it's mutual it's been so much fun bye 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 wasn't she wonderful Here are my top takeaways. Number one, you connect the dots looking backwards, not usually looking forward. So even if it feels like you're researching and trying out all kinds of things, it will come together perfectly at some point of time. Number two, 
if you're curious about a profession, ask people who are doing it right now. You can simply reach out to them even if you don't know them. One of the ways would be LinkedIn. Number three, you can always learn new things even as an adult. So allow yourself to grow and learn at any age. Number four, many people are doing cool things, but they didn't necessarily set out to do what they're doing right now. And number five, if you have a desire for something new, something better, to take the next step, to feel more happy, feel more excited and fulfilled in your job, just start with taking a baby step, a small step, and you don't need to have it figured it out perfectly. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to Create Your Best Career podcast and share it with someone you know, someone who also could might enjoy this conversation or who you know isn't 100% happy in their current job.